Good evening, CDN listeners, and welcome to this weekend interview with your host and guide, Anthony Drago. Uh, I want to give you a special welcome tonight if you're listening to me in Dominica from RVR Jams on DigiPlay Channel 59. Or you might be looking at us live, Facebook Live on CDN Radio Facebook page or this weekend interview Facebook page. We're also live on cdntv.net, cdnradio.net. So there are several ways that you can be listening to this weekend interview. So go ahead and send a text out um, to share the, share the live, as they say. Um, if your friends invite them to, to join us on this weekend interview. To my regular listeners, you come back every week. I want to say a special thank you to you for coming back. And if tonight is the first time that you're tuning in to this weekend interview, I'm really glad that you're here, and my objective is to make you a regular listener. Tonight, I have a, a special guest. They said if something is nice, you do it twice. So it's part of my group. Uh, I had three guests last week, if you remember. And um, she was one of them, and she's back tonight in her own capacity. Last week, she was on as a member of White Tukubuli Writers, and tonight she's on to represent herself and her own um, work. And she's none other than Miss Lisa Latouche. So as usual, going to take a quick break, do the character momentum, and when we come back, I'm going to have a conversation with Lisa about her work, her writing. She's an author, she's a poet, she's an educator. And so we're in for a very rich and exciting conversation. So welcome, and hang on, hang on to your seat, and listen to Mikel do the character momentum. And when we come back, Lisa will be joining us uh, for uh, what promises to be a very interesting conversation about her work. Stay tuned. From many distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Waged and fought through victory and pain. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us, the heroes of lands in the sun, we vow to join hands and to focus on building. Caribbean Raise your voices high Sing of your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong Feel a heartbeat as one Celebrate in song As we rise to heights where we Queen. 
Welcome back, listeners. And of course, if you joined before, after we took that quick break, uh, you're listening to this weekend interview with your host and guide, Anthony Drago. Tonight, I am continuing to talk about writing and books and, and all of those things that uh, are very stimulating to me. I um, remember as a child, I, I had my first book. I had a brother who was a teacher at Castle Bruce. And you know, went down at the end of the month to buy to get his salary, and he brought me back up uh, a little book called The Adventures of Hercules. And I must have read that book a thousand times. After that, I read every single thing that my hands could fall on newspaper, that dictionary, everything. Um, my sisters used to read Harlequin Romance and Mills and Boons and Blue Jeans and all of those things, whatever that was written, I used to read. So I have this really strong, passionate relationship with writing. And because of that, I always enjoy talking about um, the works. Uh, and, and, I, and I really enjoy talking to writers and the process that they go through to produce their work. Before I jump into that, though, I, I want to say I have some listeners from St. Vincent. And so I want to you know, recognize you in a special way and tell you that, that you were in, your thought, in our thoughts and we, we share the concern. And we at TDN, as soon as um, you figure out a way in which um, contributions can be made to the people of St. Vincent, um, please let us know and we will promote it and also participate in getting relief to, to the folks of St. Vincent. And even if you're not from St. Vincent and you want to um, make a contribution and you don't know how, I will find out because, I, because those of you who are listening, um, just contact me, let me know, and we will put it out there because we, we're really concerned. Um, so far, it looks like we haven't really heard too much of a human toil in terms of loss of life. But my God, the disruption of life and the destruction of property has been so real. And so, so our hats are with the people of St. Vincent. And of course, with the CARICOM anthem, it reminds us that when one island hurts, all of the island hurts. And so, and so we, we wish you a safe passage through these turbulent times. And of course, I hope you come out on the other side of this process stronger. But tonight, uh, my guest tonight is Ms. Lisa Latouche. She was on last week and she shared some of her work. And so if you listened last week and you heard it, you know that you're in for a treat. And I had already scheduled for Lisa to be honest with me tonight. And when she was chosen as one of the folks that was going to be part of the White Tukubuli Writers, um, presenting uh, Montage Dominic to you, 
I didn't even think of 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 postponing her because uh, her work is tremendous. So let me give a warm welcome back um, to to Lisa. Very few guests come back to this weekend interview back to back. So you're part of of that special grouping. It's such a pleasure to have you back. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me back, Anthony. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. And um, not everybody listened last week, you know, so I, I, I want you to, to go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, tell them who you are. Okay. My name is Lisa Latouche and I am from the island of Dominica, beautiful Dominica. I am from the southeastern part of the island, Blitzavan, to be exact, and um, I grew up in the communities of Newtown and Kingsville. I am a writer, and I started calling myself a writer just a few years ago, and right now I am pursuing my MFA, that's a Master of Fine Arts, at the University of Maryland. Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing at the University of Maryland. Are you a Harlem girl, new song? Yes. Mm -hmm. The listeners from Harlem. Yeah, we have a few people from from the new song area. Um, hopefully, we will we'll put something in the chat about um, growing up in new song. Mm -hmm. But you know, uh, it, it's great that you you mentioned where you came from because this is one of the main purposes I see um, with writing and just art in general is the is the documentation of our people and our lives by ourselves um having a colonial past it's not it's not always that um normal that that we get to tell our own stories mm -hmm. uh, and so um you said you transitioned from a different career or a different self-identity to calling yourself a writer very recently so let me, let me let's just jump right in and, and give you the opportunity to to talk about your passion for writing and what it means to you um, to be a to be considered yourself a writer to be considered a writer. Well, I will I will go to the very beginning, if I may. Um, sure. In, instead of starting in the middle and then having to pedal back, so I will just start at the beginning. I um, come from very humble beginnings. And if anybody logs on to my website, lisagelatouche.com, I have the story right there. Um, you know, we were not a family of means, and my parents were not um, educated at the high school level. So my mother only made it to, you know, standard seven or something like that in primary school, as well as my aunt. And, but my mother always ensured that I read. So every single day, you know, I would, after school, I would stop by the library to get my book and um, she would let me read every day um, before going outside to play. I remember one time I really wanted to go out to play and I, I think I escaped reading that day and I burst my chin. I still have the mark. <laughs> I still have the mark for that, for, for being a truant, <laughs> not reading. <laughs> And, um, and, you know, it's like you say you disobey. If you had obeyed and you're inside, you wouldn't have burst your chin, right? Um, so my love for reading started very, very early on. And 
I don't remember ex exactly what age I started writing, but it was definitely before the age of 10. I recall about eight years old. But my reading, um, I started reading in church at age seven, as a matter of fact. So um, reading and writing has always been, you know, a part of me. And I, I in, in, in reading, you know, my journey through reading, it wasn't a matter of paying any attention to any specific genre of, of reading um, or to look for Caribbean stories. I was just reading anything I got my hands on, actually. You know, it could be any anything I got my hands on, any book, right? It just interested me. And so that's how I started in reading. Yeah, and... Um... You, you you can almost draw a straight line between the amount of reading that somebody does in a young age and how far they progress intellectually, academically, which usually translates into career and, and otherwise. So so the, the idea is that we should be encouraging uh, folks to read, encourage mm -hmm. children, children to read. I, I remember in primary school, we used to do a lot of books from foreign um, writers. I remember Longfellow, <laughs> something on some Longfellow guy. But but we were just fascinating to read whatever they they put in front of us. So, mm -hmm. what kind of writing do you do? Um, you know, yeah. What kind of writing do you do? I write. I write mostly Caribbean stories, Dominica specifically. Mm -hmm. And most of my stories are based um, on experiences growing up in the 80s, 90s, and even as an adult as well, because we go through so many things. And um, there's a lot of Pidit Savan in my stories uh, because I have so many fond memories of there. Um, there's a lot of landscape in my stories because, I mean, Dominica is just so lush. Um, so I really want to bring that in. And especially for the fact that, you know, we need readers out there to know what Dominica is, what Dominica is like, or what Dominica was like growing up in the 80s and the 90s. And so a lot of this gets get into my story, stories. Something else that I, 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 I am, there are two other things that I have been focusing on um, in recent time, and that is the relationship among women specifically. And I am thinking about how we as women need each other for support um, and not to compete against each other, but to be there for each other on our journeys through life. And I really want my work to, to I, I want to focus on those areas in my work. Another area I, I really am looking into and I'm researching about now is what we call folklore mm -hmm. and what some people may consider a magical realism. But I don't want to consider it as magical realism because I want I want us to think about it as real. So we call people sukuya and we call people witch and ladia bless. But I am fascinated with all of that because I am thinking we as a people, not just in Dominica, but in the Caribbean, uh, and even probably the, the rest of the world, because so many areas, you know, you find there is folklore and there is mm -hmm. 
superstition. And we're thinking, you know, we call people, that person is a sukuya, that person is a witch, right? But do we ever see them practicing? Do we ever see them practicing? <laughs> I, have, I have never seen, and, and, and nobody has told me, this is what the person does, right? And we always associate that kind of spirituality, if you want to call it that, with um, evil. And I am questioning whether having the ability or whether having the knowledge of the craft of witchcraft is actually evil. What if people can actually tap into certain spirituality without evil? Do you understand? And I'm thinking about it in context of, I'm thinking about it in context of what we lost as Africans moving over from the slave ship into the Caribbean, being colonized and being colonized, meaning given a new religion, given a new identity. What happened to the practices that our ancestors had? Were they really evil? Were they really satanic? And these are the questions that I have that what if people can tap into certain spirits or powers? Um, and why do we really call it evil? <laughs> so this, yeah, this is something I'm exploring and, and, and trying to put in my in my writing, but it's research. No, no, this, this, is, this is very fascinating. So, so you mentioned three areas. You mentioned just writing about Dominica and your, and your childhood and what Dominica looked like at the time that you were growing up. Mm -hmm. Which is which is important because the the country is changing tremendously. Some say for 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 the worse, some say for the better. Um, so it's so important that that we document that memory. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you talk about women, women, yes. um, and that is in context as well because uh, there used to be a lot of strong women movements in Dominica. I remember the the social league. My mother used to be part of the social league. And that was that was a group of women who used to come together and do things. They would teach mm. each other craft. They would teach. They would do backyard gardening. They they would during the fairs and the village fairs. They would they would cook and sell and mm. and they would they would come together and and bind as women, and and that used to strengthen the whole community. Okay. And so, those that is connected right there. And then the the other part about exploring what we you know what what we call in, in dominica uh, you know the black arts or, mm -hmm. or, or the sorcier or whatever it is that we want to call it i like that line because when we when we look at greek mythology and all of this european folklore mm -hmm. um, we see it as cultural exactly we, we see it as as part of as, as part of your sophisticated and see how they guard it right they guard exactly. their myths you know with yeah. their hot iron fists they are, they guard this and, myth. and they, they teach it at university exactly they, uh, yeah uh, and it wasn't different you know what's the different between exactly and um i i just say that i remember like in castlebridge we grew up and there were some people that we they used to say was sukuya mm -hmm. and when i reflect on that I always feel bad because because these people were were classified as witches. Nobody wanted to deal with them, mm -hmm. and I can just imagine how lonely the life must have been for those folks that nobody else wanted to deal with them. They were ostracized because everybody know 
but I'm telling you, Sukuya. Yes. I'm telling you, Luga. And and these people were ostracized when, as they were aging, they really needed more. So so I'm fascinated to fascinated and and anticipating what your your work will look like when you when you start to flesh that out. Yeah. Um, I know you have some work prepared to share with us. So in the first half of the hour, before we take a break, I, 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 if you have one ready, I will give you the opportunity to share that now. But let me just say, because we have folks joining all the time, that mm-hmm. um, this is this week's interview. My guest tonight is Miss Lisa J. Latouche. Um, she's a writer. Um, and she, so far, she's written short stories and shorter works that she shared. Um, her theme is usually Dominican or Caribbean-centric. And she's tonight here talking to us about her work. We expect it in the show. She's going to tell us about what she's currently working on. So her upcoming work that she's about to release. Uh, and so she's just about to share with us um, a piece of her, of her work. Um, go ahead, Lisa. Uh, okay. Right. I, I, I see you labeled me as a poet. <laughs> And, and I don't, don't usually, do I do, I do, but I oh. don't usually call myself a poet, right? I, I don't think I have earned that yet. Um, but I call myself a writer and I mostly focus on fiction. I dabble in poetry every now and mm-hmm. then. Actually, I mean, I did a lot of, I, I, I used to be in poems a lot in my um, youth, you know, in college and early 20s. I used to dabble in, in, in poems a lot. Um, so I do write poems, probably three poems, four poems for you. Um, mm. And I want to share with listeners. I didn't even say good night to the listeners. Good night, listeners. I'm so sorry for only now saying good night to you. My fault. I jumped you right in. Yeah. Good night. Everybody's listening. My family, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, now, my friend Christelle Chris, from Christoph's Touch had a show earlier this year called The Baby World. And she reached out to me, you know, to do a poem. Um, And there's something that I have been wanting to write, which is my pregnancy journey of my daughter. And so I will just read an excerpt from it tonight. And it's a poem. It's entitled Life's Little Miracles for Natani. Conception. It is mystical, divine. For what compares to the miracle that is life? I am ever in awe when I think of tiny cells fusing, evolving, materializing into a soul, living, protected by her haven, my womb. She kicks my ribs, pirouettes when I eat, My cysts throb with her growth, her daily feats. I revere her, this little wonder. She's a gem, our gift, becoming, flourishing into her own spirit, comforted by her lighthouse, my voice. Doctors warn the chance is 50-50, so I summon courage from my mothers before me. And though cautious, I stand unfazed, ready to conquer gestational diabetes, low amniotic fluid, preeclampsia, cervical circlage, miscarriage. It takes nine months, ten moons, my aunt says. I face nausea, 
discomfort and a ray of pains. My body is a foreign space, senses intense, derailed. I am greedy, I am moody, I languish in time's jail, yearning wildly for my girl, my world. I trudge past her due date. Nothing's amiss. I had walked and had walked. Is it a labor rousing trick or myth? I'm post-term and hospitalized. There, one can't be shy. I am prodded, exhausted. The week tarries by. Still, grace abounds. I get to pick the day she comes. Induction begins at the crack of dawn. Contractions intensify as the clock ticks on. Amniotic sac is ruptured. I'm convinced I'll die. 14 hours drag by. At exactly two minutes past nine, her precious life enriches mine. There's more to it, but um, I, <laughs> I'm posting this on my website. So if somebody wants to read more, then they can go there for it. <laughs> And that and that website is Lisa J. Lisa dot com. Yes. You can go there, check it out. You I will see when you're on there as well, you have you have a blog um listed on there. Yes. And and that's a very beautiful writing. It is something that a man can never write. Um fortunately. I <laughs> 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 but um it, it does it, it captures so vividly that experience that women go through in terms of um giving of carrying a child giving birth and continuing um the the human race so thank yes. you for sharing that because i guess a lot of women who may be having a little bit of a difficult pregnancy um or who may have had a difficult pregnancy that didn't end well like writings like that can right. encourage them and give them give them um so how well, old is your daughter now she's 14 actually I was 14 years ago. So when did you write this? Um, I wrote it last year. End of last year into this year, yes. <laughs> so the, the memory of that time was so vivid. I mean, it's still, yeah. I mean, it's an experience I'll never forget, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's an experience I'll never, ever forget. So I, I was there for the birth of my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I always say that if it was men who were getting pregnant and giving birth, the human race would have ended by now. Because I don't know any man, I know any man that would go through that twice. Uh, yeah, it's a rough and, journey, and, and and women do it repeatedly, right? That's why I wasn't afraid eh, when I was going into this. I'm like, you know, so many people have done it before me, and I can do it as well. Uh, but that's just my attitude. I have this fearless thing about me that. Even, even even coming into writing, right? Anthony, I'll bring it back to writing. Even coming mm -hmm. into writing, when I decided to leave my leave my comfortable job, um, people were like, are you crazy? Some people ask me if I'm crazy, you know? You are leaving your job and you are going to America to, 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 to do an MFA. Like, you know, aren't you satisfied with what you have? Aren't you satisfied where you are? Because I worked in marketing at NBD, um, mm -hmm. National Bank of Dominica, prior to... Um, to, to, to pursue in this degree. And I'm, I'm like, no, aren't you afraid? No, I am not afraid. I am not, um, God gave me this gift. And I believe that when 
he and and when you have a calling the calling keeps calling you right so the right. calling the caller keeps calling and so it's something that was nagging that i just couldn't ignore and i said if god gives me this gift then he's going to keep me where i am he's going to make way to ensure that i get to where i want to get and keep on providing for me and my children and so i had no fear yeah right so listen there have a number of fans who are reaching out to you and saying hello and hi and, and whatever. Um, let me, let's just take a quick break because we are at the bottom of the hour. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we come back, uh, maybe Sam, Sam has been putting some of those comments on so, so you can you can respond to some of them and we'll continue the conversation, particularly talking about stepping out with courage, feeling fear, but stepping out with courage anyway. Okay. Um, so let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Sure. If you live in Canada, the US, and the UK and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. When you feel a sneeze or a cough coming, <coughs> covering your mouth prevents the spread of germs. You probably knew that. But the way you cover up also matters. And that means breaking a habit you've held near and dear all your life. Cover your nose and mouth with your flexed elbow or a tissue, not your hands. Discard the used tissue immediately. Then wash your hands. Help stop the spread of germs. Remember, your health is your responsibility. A message by the Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. Welcome back, listeners. I also want to tell you that this week's in interview is brought to you very kindly and generously by Beacon Dental Group in Boston. Beacon Dental Group is located on Blue Hill Avenue in Boston. You can check them out, beacondentalgroup.com. And um, if you are, they say that if you are from Dominica, the first time you come, you're entitled to a free cleaning. And I was taking it up on my own to say that if you go there, no matter where you're from, and you tell them that you heard um, on this weekend interview that Anthony sent you there, and you're entitled to a free cleaning on your first visit there, um they cannot say no so visit beacon dental health on blue hill avenue in dorchester uh, massachusetts state of the art equipment fully equipped all procedures um done on site um that's where that, that's where i get my dental care they are awesome check them out well um this is this week in interview uh the, i'm anthony drago my guest tonight is miss lisa j latouche um she is an author She's an educator. She's trying to shake um, the title of poet. And then she says she writes three or four poems a year. <laughs> I don't know what, what else would be the definition of, of a poet. But I wanted us to dwell a little for a couple of minutes on the whole concept 
of of that journey that you took you you had what you what you call a comfortable career in, in marketing for for the premier bank in dominica and you decided you know what this writing thing has been calling me and nagging me i am going to make that transition over and it's so interesting that you made it analogous to the decision or the, the courage to say you know so many women say that pregnancy and labor and childbirth is so rough but i'm going to do it anyway so for, for the people out there who are listening who have that story in them that they need to tell that story that they need to write um talk a little bit about the decision making the the, the process of transition that finally make made you that I don't know if you leapt into it or if you went into it gradually, but just tell us about the transition. So you maybe I can encourage people who uh, are at the point where they want to make a major change, but are scared. Your mic is muted. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I, I always say to, you know, I would say to myself, I say to people, pay attention to what excites you. So the decision to actually leave um, my job, it, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It was a, 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 a combination of things that caused me to make that decision. Um, and, and, and one of them is, I always wanted to be in marketing, right? I'm like, even if, even if I knew that I wanted to be a writer, I also wanted to be in marketing. Um, and, uh, and I got the opportunity to be in marketing and I'm like, this is great. But and still, I still had that thing of wanting to write, although I was writing, but not at um, the level that I wanted to be. So um, I decided, okay, two things. Uh, uh, I started to get a little uncomfortable at the job, but I wouldn't go into any details at this, mm -hmm. uh, at this, in, during this interview. And I realized, you know, I don't, I, 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 there's not a place that I really want to be. Um, so I started realizing that early on, and then I started to um, think about what it is I really want to do. Now, writing, I used to want to be a writer as from a child, but it felt so far-fetched, especially being in Dominica in a space where um, most of of the careers that you see around you, or most of the careers that we would have seen around us are, you know, are lawyers and doctors and nurses and you know, in, the, in, the, in the corporate world. The people who are writing are people who have careers, right? So most Dominican writers I know are something else. So why does a doctor not be a doctor on the side? Why does a nurse not be a nurse on the side? Why do writers have to be, have something else on the side and not be a writer? Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? So if I'm yes, a writer, uh -huh. why can't I be a writer? A doctor is a doctor, right? Um, the doctor doesn't do doctoring on the side. That is their main profession. And, and, and um, I, there, there's a book that I, I was reading called um, Becoming a Writer by Dorothea Brandy, which had so many exercises for writers and I would get up every morning to write before I go to work and then I felt that this is just what I want to do the time just goes by so quickly when I am writing and I'm like how do I you know make that transition and then I was I, I got selected to go to UWE um, in Trinidad for two weeks that's after Maria 
um, and that was most to be a writer in residence at the University of the West Indies. And this experience for me was so life-changing because I met so many writers there who had this real, you know, community. They, they, they were there for each other and, and, you know, helping each other in their writing and on their journey. And I suppose that's why Trinidad gets so much attention for their writing because the writers really come together. And I met a, a professor there, Dr. Muli Mai. And I said, man, I wish I could read and, read and write for a living. And she said, why can't you? I said, but I have children at school. I have a career in marketing. I work at a bank and I have my life and I have my home and I have my vehicle. And she said, but so what? You know, you can get rid of the job and you can leave your home and you can sell your vehicle and you can take your children with you. And then she gave me her own experience of transitioning from a uh, an insurance from being in insurance or in real estate um, into writing and she said she just just left everything at age 40 and she just went into writing school and right now she's a professor of writing and she's doing what she loves she's teaching writing and she is a writer and I'm like wow this is really possible and when I went back I spoke to my my friend and mentor Dr. Shyla Esprit. Um, Shyla Esprit is a, a, a Caribbean scholar um, of literature and cultural studies. Um, and I, I reached out to her and asked her about probable schools and she mentioned UMD among others. And so I just started to do my research and then the more I started to research, the more I wanted to go. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. Um, and so when I got accepted, it was like, yes, you know, because, and they only accept four fiction writers per year. Wow. And yes, uh, uh, and and I was a little concerned because I have no literature background. My background is business, right? Because because my my I did a program at the University of Leicester, and it's business. So mm -hmm. the, the university, what they would have seen on my CV is strictly business and nothing mm -hmm. literary. <laughs> so <laughs> so my chances of getting in, I, my writing had to be really powerful to actually get me into the door. Um, and and if they actually the, the dean of the graduate school wanted to rescind the 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 acceptance just because wow. when he got to him and he's like, but she has no literary background. So um, you know, I had people in there fight for me who didn't even know me at all. Right. They right. didn't know me at all. They, the, the 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 English department they really fought for me, especially Merle Collins. Merle Collins is a, a writer from Grenada. She's a professor at UMD as well. And she's like a person from the Caribbean. I'm going to see how she gets in. And then they said, okay, you may have to do some extra literature courses. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. And I'm actually enjoying these extra courses. So um, that's how I got in. And, and, and living, it was, to me, it was liberating. Um, and I'm doing this here and I'm so happy. It is a challenging time, you know, financially. But I am happy here learning and developing my craft um things i'm learning here i would have never learned it just being in dominica and being on the job pursuing your dreams and doors open i am telling you I, there, there's there's a saying that goes when the student is ready the teacher appears i say it all right. the time when the student is ready a chinese proverb when the student mm -hmm. is ready the teacher appears let me tell you anthony i came up here but hurricane maria destroyed my home. So a lot of my money went into fixing that. 
and and I got accepted just after Maria. So my home is still not even fully fixed as yet, right? Um, I came up here not knowing where I'm going to stay, you know, well, not knowing where I'm going to stay because a friend of mine offered her house. She was going to Dominica for the summer and she said, oh, you just stay in my house. She lives in Maryland. And so no. I, had, I had free lodging for like a month and more and her, uh, Hyatt, thank God for Hyatt, and she said, you know, I don't, I don't want my furniture anymore. You can have it. So my house is fully furnished without me having to spend. And then I have this friend, Dale, who came out. He said, you know what? I can help you look for apartments. And he's, he's, he's at Shoma who helped me to look for the, for the children's schools. And everything was just, people were just coming out to just help. When help people sense your passion, they, they're willing to help you. And, yeah. and as I heard you say, with, with a support group, mentor, friends, so, folks, if you have that dream, don't keep it to yourself. Share it, and, mm -hmm. and you're going to get that circle around you to, to help you. But our time is going by really quickly. So I, I want to talk about the fact that you, you also teach a class in Dominican Creole. Yes. Um, and, and I'm so curious about that because after last week's show, a few people contacted me to find out about that 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 course and where they could where they could take it and so on so let's let us talk a few minutes about that aspect you teaching um dominican creole okay last week i said i teach it at umd but i don't teach it at umd i teach it independently right. um and so it is independent of umd I'm not sure I can get them to put it on their curriculum. I can look into that. But so far, so far you've been able to get them to do everything you want them to do. So, <laughs> so for now, I um I teach it independently. And actually I got into it quite by accident, you know. It's just um the the professor has said, you know, I'm interested in learning Creole. I said I can teach you. And then somebody else, a linguist, a linguist actually who speaks like six languages, she said she wants to learn it. And I am like, okay, I can teach you. And so I put this syllabus together. I put the course together and I taught it last summer and I taught it over the Christmas. And these professors were really impressed with the way I taught it. And they felt, you know, that they came away from it um, so much more learned than they were. And so, um, I felt good that I could actually design this course and teach experienced people, you know, this course. And so I am ready to take it, you know, to the wider audience right now. Um, and so if people are interested in it, um, I am going to be doing it this summer. The dates, I have not finalized the dates yet, uh, but if people are interested, they can check my website www.lisajlatouche.com where I will have some information on it. Yeah, because we have a lot of we have a lot of kids who cannot speak Creole because they left Dominica too young. I have a few of them <laughs> myself, um, and and they they're very interested in um, in learning mm -hmm. um, Creole. So, yeah, it, it's it's for beginners. What I'm doing is for beginners. So if, yeah. if somebody's already seasoned in it or no, you know, but it's Creole for beginners. I'm trying no, to teach but, my kids as well, but sometimes they're just not interested. Yeah, <laughs> not something else, but you as a parent cannot, <laughs> cannot teach it. <laughs> so 
folks, if you're interested, if you know, if you know somebody who wants to learn Creole, if your kids need to learn Creole, don't try to teach them yourself. Um, go check out Lisa's site. I guess when, if people go to your site, there's a contact, there's a contact me I have um, contact. link on there, and they can send you, they can send you a little message that says right. I'm interested. So, yes. so when you do decide, you can just reach back out to them and tell them this, those are the dates and this is what this is what's involved. Mm -hmm. I'm anxious to get back to your writing. Sure. And I know you I know you have another um piece of work that you want to share with us. So sure. let's do that right. Let's do that now. Okay. Well, um I will share something that has not been published. Uh, Anthony, okay. I, I am you see the thing is with the with writers is because you know, journals and, and publications, um, I, am, I, I have started submitting my work and they do not want work that has already been published in any space. So I mm -hmm. keep most of my stories to myself until they are actually published, until they actually find a home. So mm -hmm. on my website, I have stories that have already been published um, and um, but I will not share those because they're already out there in this in that space. Um, folks so can anybody, go there. I encourage, yeah, yes, I encourage anybody. folks to go there. There's, yeah, there's a treasure trove of, of, of stories there. You will enjoy them. Go to lisajlatouche.com and Lisa you can read some of her work. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I am working on a novel. And uh, as of now, it is untitled. Um, it doesn't have a title yet, but what I will do, I will read the chapter one. Um, and I would really like to hear feedback from people because I've never shared that before. Um, so people who are on Facebook, please let me know what you think about this chapter one. All right. So it's untitled, as I said, and I will just begin now. Should I go ahead, Anthony? Go ahead. Yes, sure. All right. So, all right. So part one, early 1980s, chapter one. The two-story stone structure stood across the street from the town's wharf. Within its walls, glassware tinkled and cutlery clattered as Josephine hastened her movements, winding down her shift. Rain splattered the sash windows and the wind at intervals banged the loose French shutters. Josephine could hear the sea hissing as it sucked in stones and debris, dragging them along its bed, only to rise again and crash onto the wharf's rocks. The crashing sounds echoed along the bay. Usually, the sound of the sea soothed her, and she would stand at the window in the laundry room, marveling at its undulation, sometimes tasting brine on her lips. Lush mountain ranges rose from the shore, and she liked to soak in their magic all the way to the island's steep. Tonight, she would have preferred to be home. It had been a busy night at Shira's house. She thought by now she would have grown accustomed to being at the disposal of uppity people. However, she still felt like a fraud, smiling at them, serving them. She hurriedly stacked plates and glasses onto a tree, then removed them and replaced them carefully, lest they fall, leaving her with a bill she couldn't afford. Josephine brought the tray to the kitchen through a corridor at the northern end of the dining area. The corridor, like the rest of the building, was stone, 
and it reminded her of a tunnel. Miss Shiro, the proprietor of the establishment, said the building had endured the ravages of disasters and time and had borne witness to the selling and flaying of black bodies in the market square a few feet away. It had served several purposes, she said, the courthouse, the jail. It was there when most of the Europeans withdrew from the island after it became commercially inviable. And it was there when the island gained its independence from Britain just three years prior. Generations of my family grew up here in Rosu, most of us right here in this house, she often said, been in business for over a hundred years. Her family also ran a general store in the building next door, selling from fabric to alcohol and everything in between. What Miss Shira didn't say was that she was a descendant of the mixed breeds, mulattoes and sambos, now the bourgeois of Rosu, owning most of the businesses on the island. They'd inherited wealth from their massa ancestors who'd left estates and buildings behind. Can I continue? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We have, we have a few more minutes. Mm -hmm. Josephine walked into the kitchen's fog. Onions, oil, meat, fish, all blended into one scent. The transistor radio spat out static and the occasional voice, and she didn't know why Miss Shiro didn't turn it off. Josephine scanned the area looking for her friend, Sue. Her eyes found Miss Shira putting items away, her white chef jacket wet in places. Earlier, she had been escorting customers to their cars with her large umbrella and fake smile. She was a small, light-skinned woman, probably mid-sixties, who kept her fine hair in a bob and constantly colored it copper. She wore a chef jacket, but she wasn't the one cooking and the staff always made fun of her behind her back for that. The chef who worked the night shift had already left. It's like a hurricane outside there with all that wind and rain, Josephine said, as she placed the items in the large stainless steel sink. Radio says tropical depression. Mm-hmm. Miss Shiraz did not look up. Where Sue? Josephine asked. I'd expect you to know, Miss Shiraz said, keeping her eyes on her business. Who was Josephine's neighbor and closest friend? I want to thank her for staying back to help me tonight, Sue said. Miss Shira had helped, but it was mostly to back orders at her and Sue. Well, I would have called my sister on this if Sue hadn't stayed, aren't you here long enough to know that? Josephine wanted to tell her off. Instead, she remained quiet and placed the last of the items into the sink. I'm just going to skip a little bit here. Um, and Josephine is going to call her sister, Catherine. Um, so... Josephine, she dialed her sister Catherine's number. Kat, we had a crowd tonight and Sue stay back to help me, she whispered into the receiver. So, that means more money in the cash box. It means an extra pair of eyes, her heart thumped. Sue Tupatu, she will see me. Josephine's eyes darted around. As much as she didn't want Miss Shira to realize she was on the phone, she needed that validation. Remember the plan, Joe, almost there. The weight of a thousand rocks settled onto Josephine's chest. Remember the plan, Joe. Remember the plan. Call me tomorrow to let me know how much you get, Catherine said. Josephine heard a click, and conscience told her to hang up. She sensed the movement near the corridor. Are you carrying the place or what? Josephine jumped. The receiver fell from her hand and landed on the floorboards with a thud. She dared not look at Miss Shira standing at the corridor's entrance. She pulled up the receiver by its coiled cord and placed it in its cradle cutting off the buzzing sound of the dial tone. Miss Shira sucked her teeth 
as she went back into the kitchen. I'll stop here. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pity we 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 almost out of time, but this is this is tremendous. How far along are you with writing that novel? This novel is I'm doing a rewrite right now. It's complete. Okay. Um, it's complete. Wow. But um, it has been. I mean, I started working on this like ten years ago, even probably mm -hmm. eleven years ago. Um, and so I, I've given it several rewrites, but I didn't like what it sounded like. Um. And, you know, having all this experience right now and having this knowledge that I have right now, it is, I am taking it to a place that it was, that way it will be better, you know. Because, I oh, mean, I, I came into yeah. writing because, mm -hmm. I mean, I wanted to sound like the people I was reading. I really wanted to sound good and to be mm -hmm. a writer and not just, I mean, anybody can say they can write, right? But I want to be a respected author i want my work to resonate and i want my work to sound really good and 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 to be good i want when somebody picks up my my work they can leave it feeling satisfied right um right. and so this this novel is getting a, a rewrite from me um so that's that, what i'm working on right now <laughs> that's interesting um as we, as we approach and that brings up a question in my mind because you say you started the novel 10 years ago that's what i'm hearing you say mm -hmm. and now that you're getting technically trained as a writer mm -hmm. how much how do i ask this question how much that you know now that you did not know before Man, <laughs> let me just let me just tell you right i had mm. approached Polly Patulo of um, Papillot Press, Press uh -huh. to, ask her, mm -hmm. to ask her to publish this book years ago. Mm -hmm. And Polly said, no, it's not ready for publication. And I was like, why, is not why isn't Polly publishing my work? My work is so good. And now I'm reading it with, with these new eyes. And I'm saying, right. oh my God, it's a good thing Polly didn't publish my work. <laughs> because... <laughs> So that's a lesson, yeah. It's a lesson, right? So I, I do have more experience. I, I do, I, I know what it is that I, I, I want to do right now, and I know exactly how it is I want to sound. Um, and all this landscape, um, there's a lot of landscape description in it that I, I didn't read, but um, mm -hmm. it, it's there. I, I want our landscape like a, like its own character. I want Dominica to be like its own character on the page, right? That somebody feels that they are there in that space when they're ready so so i don't want us to leave people who had, don't have the opportunity to go to a school to do mfa to think that they should not write but i guess what what we're saying is that be aware that maybe you can get somebody to read your work and to help you to see what you don't see because you're so close to the work our community helps our community yeah. helps um it is always important to get that fresh eye. And it is also important to return to your work after a little while as well. Because, you know, sometimes you do things and you're so close to it and you don't really realize um, what the imperfections are in it, although mm -hmm. there always will be. Um, so I like to give my work a break and then go back to it. Something I find really helpful that I've been doing in the past months is recording my work. So when I read, when I think a chapter or a short story reaches a point where I cannot do anything with it again, I record it and I listen to it over and over and over. When I'm going to bed, this is what plays. When I'm doing laundry, this is what plays. When I'm cooking, cleaning my kitchen, I listen to my stories. Um, I listen to my 
diction. I listen to the words that might be repeated. I listen to how characters song. I listen to how I just listen, and it's so helpful. Um, just immersing myself in it to actually find where the mistakes are. Awesome. But so, final question, because we ran out of time. Um, do you see yourself just being a writer? Do you see yourself as an educator? What, what, where, where is Lisa Latus five years from now? I mean, we are all multidimensional, you know. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy marketing, so there are still some things that I want to do um, in that sphere. Um, mm -hmm. But what really excites me, what I find that has been exciting me, is the opportunity and the ability to teach creative writing. I really, really love it. I mean, I'm in my element when I'm writing and when I'm teaching. And, I, and one thing I also like as well is um, is motivating, right? So I, I do give my students motivational speeches. And even while I was in Dominica, I did that as well. Um, I was part of the Dominica Reading Association. I am part of the Dominica Reading Association, besides being part of White Equally Writers. And as, as, as DRA, Dominica Reading Association, we'd go to different schools in the, in the rural communities and give them writing workshops and give them pep talks. And even as part of being a um, national bank, I would go out to the various secondary schools to also give pep talks to fifth formers um, while I was pushing NBD's education loan. So that is something I really love to do as well. Great. Uh, we're out of time. It's 9 p.m. pretty much. And so I think we've given the audience enough to whet their appetite. <laughs> your, your, your work is really rich, so Thank one you. hour can never do justice to it. Uh, and so listeners, go to the website, Lisa, yeah. lisajlatouche.com, and drop her a line. Listen, because she, she has some recording of some of her work on there. Um, read it listen to it, give her feedback. She, she, she asked for it, so give her feedback. And um, you will love her. Uh, Lisa, I, I, I'm pretty sure you will be back because this weekend interview is a home, TDN Radio is a home for, for writers and artists. Thank you. And so I'm sure you will be back. So this is your chance. You had so many fans. I, I didn't take the opportunity for you to respond to them directly because we were just running tight for time. Mm -hmm. but you can address them directly or say anything that I didn't get a chance to ask you. Yeah, I mean, what I want to say is to everybody listening, really, is each of us carries within us certain qualities and attributes that contribute to society, right? And think about, not necessarily, even if you're not, you're not inclined to, to be a writer, think about what activities draw you in. Um, think about the things that excite you and go for it. And, and I always say consistency is key. I write every single day. So um, we as people in whatever sphere we are, whatever it is we want to pursue, we need to develop good habits to get there. So it's not just creating a plan and not taking action. So we create this plan because if, if you have a goal and you don't have a plan, it's a wish, right? As they say, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So we right. find out we, we pay attention to our habits, we pay attention to what excites us, and we go for it. We develop that plan, we develop this this, this plan, we, we work on our actions, and we go get it. And I tell people, have faith, right? Um, have faith and have confidence in yourself that you can and you will. And once God gives us that gift, I believe that he will always pave the way, open windows and open doors for us to get there. Um, and so this is my last word. And I say thank you so much for 
to all my family and my friends, my family back home, my friends everywhere around the world for your support and your encouragement. Those closest to me, they know this is a very arduous journey for me personally and financially, and they know, and they've had my back, right? And I say thank you so much, and I love you all so very much. Thank you. And good night. Thank you very much to everybody listening and thank you anthony thank you for having me here <laughs> no, it's, it, it's a real pleasure and i wish you all the best thank uh you. when that book gets published you have an open mic and even before that you can come back um when you have work you want to reach out when that creole course is ready mm -hmm. we can have an entire hour to just speak creole wonderful and to encourage folks to, to register for those classes there's a lot of love being expressed um for you by by the folks on on the on the different site so listeners as usual thank you so much for making this weekend to be part of your weekly schedule next week i have a very special treat very 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 special treat um so stay tuned for that i wish you all a great week stay safe remember there's still covid out there stay safe and um you know just continue practicing the good habits that we have to practice so that you and your family can stay safe so Thank you so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you, you so to much. my producer, Sam. And listeners, we'll do this again next week, Wednesday. This has been This Week in Interview with your host, Anthony Drago. Thank you.